the book of revelation is a book that not many pastors will tackle in going through verse by verse and particularly theme or scene by scene and that's not to boast it just shows how innocent and naive i am when several of you some months ago said we'd like to have you share the book of revelation in your messages because i like taking a whole book and developing it and seeing what is in that but as i've confessed i'm a novice at this book i'm learning a whole lot about it but as i've been exercising myself and you've been exercising with me in this book of revelation I think it's been eye-opening to a lot of us, hasn't it? It is something that in your regular Bible reading, boy, you kind of either bog down in Revelation or you kind of skip through it as fast as you can to get to the Psalms or to the book of John. Books that are easy to read and they just make us feel warm. This makes me feel warm with my heart beating faster when I look at and think about some of these scenes that John saw. And it becomes frightening, but at the same time, when we see the Lamb. And for some of you who haven't heard this, how many times does the word Lamb appear in Revelation? 29. 29 times, did you know that? Go through the book of Revelation and highlight lamb, 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 lamb. Why the lamb? Why the lamb in Revelation? Because he is central. Jesus Christ is central. What's the title of this? The revelation of Jesus Christ. And he is the one who we call the lamb because he came to become the Lamb of God who died for the whole world, for every man, woman, and child, the Lamb. And he gave himself to us. And he died an ignominious death on a machine like this. And he portrayed for us what it means for us to be Christ followers. And he set the pattern. He set the stage for us. And that's why we call ourselves little Christs. It's due to him. That means Christ-like. Christ-like. If we have believed in Jesus Christ, we can lay claim to his attributes. He's our savior. He's redeemed us. Yes, we still have warts and pimples and mistakes and sins and bad habits, but he has redeemed us and his redemption is complete. Well, someday I hope to be redeemed. No, it doesn't work that way. You're either in or you're out. You're either in the kingdom as a redeemed one with all of your foibles, with all of your shortcomings but you are his and you are redeemed and you are a little christ 
and his life is in you. That's what the gospel preaches. That's what the gospel is. But we still have this kind of cloud over us, don't we? I do. This last couple of weeks has been difficult for me. And it's not Katie's fault. <laughs> but I am feeling the weight of my age. But you can't even blame it on age. I should be getting sweeter instead of sour. Because aren't we growing more and more like Christ? Yes, as we die, die, death to Ron, death to you, death to every one of you. Because you are not your own, you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God. And he asks us to lay down our lives for him. And some of you, or many of you, will lay your life down. I think there's a pretty good chance at least 50% of us will become martyrs. I'm not a prophet, but I'm just taking a guess. Come on, anybody can guess, right? <laughs> Have you thought about that? To be like Christ, you may perhaps not hang on a cross, but you might be shot in the head, or you might be placed in water until you're still and dead. Or you may be in a prison, rotting away. You'll say, Pastor, I didn't come to hear a message like this. I wanted to be cheered up. Well, here, hear me. This is an exciting message. It really is. When you've come through the hard time, remember when we were in Hebrews and we were talking about running the race and keeping our eyes on Jesus? What? so that we would gain the prize. Do you remember that? Well, Hebrews is just a book that leads you right into Revelation to where we talk about the martyrs and those who are being killed. Okay, my wife is frowning and I gotta keep going. <laughs> Perseverance and faith. How many of you have heard of the perseverance of the saints? Okay, I'm gonna have to preach about Calvinism. The perseverance of the saints is a precious doctrine, but it isn't one of the five main doctrines. It just means faithful, but John Calvin said it was his fifth point. The perseverance of the saints will win the day. Uh, I don't think so. Other than the fact that they lay down their lives for Jesus Christ. Perseverance and faith. We need to stand not for our own sakes, but because we are called as believers, followers of Jesus Christ to the very end. And he is the one who knows what the end is. And we need to be prepared in our walk as Christ-like people. That's our call. That's the call for every Christian. Let's read our passage. This should encourage us. Let's read it together. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, 
for the time is near. Let's read this chapter. And the dragon stood on the sand of the seashore. Wait just a minute. We already read that. That's what we read last week. The very last sentence of our passage that we read last week. That was in chapter 12. But you know what? It's in chapter 13. Well, actually, it's exactly the same phrase. See, there's a problem. We have translations like the ESV puts that phrase at the end of chapter 12. The NASB puts it as first in chapter 13. What's going on here? Which Bible is right? The ESV or the NASB? Actually, 12 and 13 are, are linked together because they're talking about the same demonic power, talking about the same challenge that we have in the church in 12 and 13. And so we're just continuing the message that we had last week. But we're talking about perseverance and faith. So let's read on. Then I saw a beast coming up out of the sea, having ten horns and seven heads, and on his horns were ten diadem, and on his heads were blasphemous names. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like those of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his throne and great authority. I saw one of his heads as if it had been slain, and his fatal wound was healed. And the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. They worshipped the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to wage war with him? There was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies. And authority to act for 42 months was given to him. And he opened his mouth to blasphemies against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle, that is, those who dwell in heaven. And it was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who has been slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? If anyone is destined for captivity, to captivity he goes. If anyone kills with the sword, and with the sword he must be killed. Here is the perseverance and the faith of the saints. And then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. He exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence, and he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose fatal wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down out of heaven to the earth in the presence of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth because of the signs which it was given him to perform in the presence of the beast telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who had the wound of the sword 
and has come to life. And it was given to him to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast would even speak and cause as many as do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And he causes all, the small and the great, and the rich and the poor, and the free men and the slaves, to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And he provides that no one will be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, and his number is 666, or 666. Perseverance and faith in the face of an unholy alliance. First point is talking about the dragon and the first beast. Verses 1 to 10. And then the dragon and the second beast at 11 to 18. And then we'll conclude. The red dragon we talked about last week was thrown out of heaven. And as a result of him being thrown out of heaven, it caused him to go after the woman who was with child. And he wanted to kill the woman and the child. Who is this red dragon? Well, I think as we read through this, but as we now go through it, there are very strong words that are pointing to this dragon as being someone that was thrown out of heaven and has a hatred for this entity called the woman and her child. Pretty nasty scene, a red dragon. And what is a dragon? It's not a snake. It's not a bear. I don't know whether we really know what a dragon is. I mean, there's lizards that are called dragons, but this is something different than that. John is seeing this as a scene in heaven. And the description is not so much physical as it is the actual person and the intent and the whole personality of this entity. This is a good description of Satan himself, thrown out of heaven, hating the Most High God, desiring to take down the Most High God. I will be like the Most High God, Satan declared. And we see through biblical history and books and revelation that have been given through the ages that this is a seeming unending conflict between God the Most High and Satan himself. But if we think about our own present situation here in the world, Satan's not all that bad a guy. He gives lots of gifts to people. He's benevolent. He's a giver. Do you know that in this chapter, and I'd like you to go home and open up this chapter 13 and mark it in your Bible, every place it says given or gave. 
underline them. You know, I've been emphasizing going through Revelation with a marking pen and mark the key words, the ones that are there frequently. That's how you will draw out what the meaning is in those scriptures. Don't be afraid of marking in your Bible. If you have a special Bible that your parents gave you, then okay, set that one aside to show your grandchildren someday, okay? But get a Bible that you can mark in and mark it, mark it, mark it, mark it. That's how you can understand what is being said. And the word gave or attributed or allowed those words, see those as key words. That is what Satan is doing. So when we say that Satan's a thief, yeah, he is. He's taking somebody else's stuff and giving it to somebody else. He's taking God's things and giving it to someone else. It's not his. He didn't pay for it. He's a thief. And it's double jeopardy. He's giving you something and you think you're really getting something from him when actually you are getting nothing and you don't want it after a while and you can't get rid of it. That's the kind of personality that is described as a dragon, a red dragon. Authority was given to the beast by the dragon. And then I saw a beast coming up out of the sea, having 10 horns and seven heads. And we read that and I saw one of his heads as if it had been slain and his fatal wound was healed. And the whole world was amazed and followed after the beast. And they worshiped, not the beast, they worshiped the dragon. Let's keep counting now, there's a dragon and a beast. And the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast and they worshiped the beast saying, who is like the beast and who is able to wage war with him? This unholy alliance is building in the story, in the scene. What is the action of the dragon and the beast? Blasphemies against God and war against the saints. That's his intent and his purpose. These days are coming to the followers of the Holy God and of his son, Jesus Christ. These are serious days. Let's just read some more that comes out of this. There was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for 42 months, which is three and a half years, which is really the end times the end times of the tribulation, seven years. This happens in a 42 month period, three and a half years toward the end of the world. And we as Christians are going to be facing this at one point or another. Being a Christian isn't just always joy and fun and happiness and getting together at MCC. We're going to be picked off one by one and some of us maybe in group by group. That's scary. We've talked about this before. 
because the dragon gave authority to the beast. Let's see what's being built here. Number three is universal worship of the beast. And all who dwell on the earth will worship him. Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb who has been slain. So everyone is going to worship this person except those who are followers of the lamb. This is where the lamb comes in. He's the one that we're following. That's why we're here. And it means that in the struggle between our heavenly father, creator God, and his son, and the work of the Holy Spirit here on earth, there's a force that is set on blaspheming, speaking against God, teaching others to speak against God, the Holy One of Israel, his son Jesus, and repudiating, unlike what we sang just now, I give allegiance to the Lamb? No. To hell with Jesus. That was just said on the news in America by a congresswoman. And we're electing a person like that in the United States, the country that was founded by the founders. This will be a Christian country. And here is what's happening now. For me as an American, it's unbelievable that we have elected officials now in the United States who are blaspheming Christianity, Christians, and the Bible, and they're getting away with it. Did you know, I don't know the law number, but there is a law in the United States that said there cannot be any public blasphemy of God. That's the law. People don't know that. But these people are just getting away with it. In fact, they are the rulers of America, or at least a part of America. We are close, folks. We really are. Let's read on. We are admonished, if anyone has an ear, let him hear. This statement, if anyone has an ear, let him hear. Where have you heard that before? you remember where you heard that? Well, it was spoken to each of the seven churches in the beginning of Revelation. Let him who has an ear, let him hear. You know that that is the most frequent saying of Jesus Christ in the New Testament? Look it up. See how many times Jesus says, let him who has an ear hear. Well, I thought maybe it was peace. I thought it was see, be calmed. I thought it was love your neighbor as yourself. No. Let him who has an ear, let him hear. This is important for our day. And I know this isn't a cheery, happy message. I'm sorry. But here is what we run into now. Here is the perseverance and the faith of the saints. That's why this is so important that we get this understanding 
of where we are today here in safe little Japan, well, in Nigeria, hordes of people come into a village and slaughter. We are in dangerous times. But I've got this little child. What's going to happen with my child? Yes, we have to calculate that. But who can keep us? Only Jesus can. And that's the perseverance and the faith of the saints. But it gets even worse. There's another beast. It wasn't enough that there was a dragon and a beast. Now there's another beast. What is happening here? He had two horns like a lamb. And he spoke as a dragon. He exercises the authority of the first beast in his presence. And he makes those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, whose fatal wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down out of heaven to the earth in the presence of men. Who is this person? And what is going on here? Horns like a lamb. That's not just John saying, well, thought it looked like a horn, like, like a lamb. No, this is meant to be the horns, the strength of a lamb. But it's something evil, not good, like Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And in that, we see the inference of this second beast that's coming out of the earth is actually a trinity. The dragon, the first beast, and the second beast. It correlates to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's an unholy trinity. That's what Satan is doing. He doesn't have an original thought in his brain if he has a brain. He's robbed it, he's taken it, he's polluted it, he's corrupted it from Creator God, the one who sent his Son for us, the one who had the most incredible salvation plan that there has ever been in this fallen universe. He's trying to steal that plan and he's trying to get as many followers as he can to build his kingdom. That's his attempt. And he's showing a pretty good show of it, that he's gaining billions and billions of human beings to be his followers. And we need to be aware of this and aware of it to the fact that, oh, I see and I understand what is going on here. What we're seeing happening in 2019 what is happening in the world and worldwide. It's not just, uh, well, you know, some of these things are good. Many of them are evil and will be used as tools for the evil kingdom and will be used against you and against the church of Jesus Christ. That is what this is saying. And we need to be prepared to be 
following the Lamb, the Lamb of God. And it was given to him to give breath. He gives breath to an image, to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast would even speak and cause so many as do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And he causes all to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And he provides that no one will be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the mark, name, or number. We are in a technological revolution worldwide. We have the ability now to number each human being that was born or ever born and be able to track them. Do you know what a chip implant is? Uh, I'm not sure whether they do that here in Japan, but I bet you they do. Do they put chips in a dog's neck to identify it? We have it in America and we have it, I think, in many countries. You don't even know it's there. The dog doesn't know it's there. But they can do that now with humans. And they're talking about doing that. How many have my number? I have two my number. <laughs> I'd call one my number, but I also have a social security number that I've had since I was 16 years old. And they can track me with that. Well, is it evil? No. In fact, I'm going back in June and I hope to collect some money from my, my number <laughs> that they've been holding for a year. So you see how it's all tied in economically. We're getting ready, folks, for some decisions that need to be made. And unless you bow down to the beast and worship the dragon, if you don't, they'll, that'll be the end of my number. That'll be the end of you here on earth. But that's where the good news comes in. The conclusion. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding Calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. So let that be for you. Now you know. Now this is an understanding of where the dragon and the two beasts and his image are taking us. The unholy trinity and they're trying to gather as many as they can to their crowd and hopefully for them they're thinking that'll be the end of this Christ business and Satan will be the God of this world those are hard things for us to to hear aren't they but remember, that's not the end of the story. Jesus Christ was the one who spoke all this, showed all of this to his beloved disciple, John. And John was, personality-wise, he was not a Peter, 
nor a Paul. He was the disciple of love. But you know what? He's the one that God ordained would go and look in heaven and see all of the nasty things that are going to happen. Why? Because Jesus loves us so much. You wouldn't believe how much Jesus loves every man, woman, and child. But imagine also how much hatred there is by the enemy for every human being that stole his domain. Satan hates man. He doesn't love man. He wants to dominate man. And that is our choice. We only have two choices, to hate or to love. And in following Jesus Christ, it's a way of love. And we may have to show our allegiance to Jesus Christ by laying down our life for him. I would count that a privilege. Father, thank you. Thank you for giving us confidence and boldness. You are worthy. And we do raise our hands to you in thanksgiving and praise because you gave your very best to us and faced the cross. And the Father raised you from the dead to live forever as our great high priest, the one who gave his blood that our sins would be washed away, that we would be made whole and without sin because you took that from us. Thank you for your authority, your power, your saving life, your resurrection life that comes to us without payment, with receiving from you that which only you can give. It cannot be bought. So we thank you from our hearts for our redemption that we are yours and you are ours. Now, as we go to our workplaces, to our homes, to the community, back to our countries, wherever, we desire to show our allegiance to the Lamb of God without spot, without blemish, pure in his intention and his plan for us to be his followers, faithful followers, even unto death. Thank you for the privilege of bearing your name. Bless my brothers and sisters here. Cause us to be a blessing to the nations. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.